and welcome to Unprofessional. I am still Dave Wiskus, joined by Jamie Newberry. Hello. Hi, Jamie. <laughs> Hi. I gave the a preemptive hello. <laughs> Jump in the gun. Calm down. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited today. I know. Do you know so why I'm excited? Why? Guess who our guest is. Who's our guest? David Smith. Hello. <laughs> Hi. See, I'm all about jumping the gun. Welcome, David. Thank you for having me. Underscore David Smith. <laughs> yeah. That's right. The Twitter. If there's handles. any confusion, because I mean, it's it's the kind of name that I imagine there's got to be more than one of you. There are many of me. <laughs> having having that underscore, one, it makes for a great nickname. People can just refer to you as underscore, alleviate any confusion right up front. And also, it's uh, as much as any character, it helps to. Well, I, this is going to sound like a pun, and the the moment I thought of it, I felt guilty about it. But it, it sets a bar. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the, the funny thing is, and this is, I think, a first-time story, I'd, my original Twitter name wasn't actually underscore David Smith. It was Uh-oh. The David Smith. <laughs> nice. And I did that for about two weeks, and I was like, that sounds really pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> because obviously, I, you, I've never once gotten David Smith on anything, because there's million. Actually, I did get it on app.dev, but that doesn't really matter. But anyway, I, you never get it, because it's a very popular name. But I was like, so, okay, I've got to put something in front of it, and I did The, and that yeah, it comes off sounding terrible. So I was like, well, let's. Uh, when I realized I could use an underscore, I went with that, and the rest, the rest is history. I guess. I think Good. it's interesting that you put the underscore at the front and not the end. That's a bit. I think it's. Just, it sounds better. I, like it's like when, when I'm trying to say it out loud to somebody, like, "Oh, who are you on Twitter?" It's like, "Oh, I'm underscore David Smith." Like that sounds better than David Smith underscore. Yeah, well, right. It's like when it you're does. when you're when you're verbally quoting something, you would say, and then he said, "quote blah." You wouldn't say blah. Quote. Yeah, exactly. It's, it just works out better that You're way. You're setting that kind of the mark, expectation you, yeah. early exactly. on. It is. It sounds like the smart way to do it. When you say it out loud, underscore David Smith, it sounds like I am trying to underline this name. Not that there's an underscore and then the name. It is underlining the name. Exactly. Yeah, but it has caused all kind of trouble throughout my life having a very uh, a very popular name. I, I, some people, my mom's kind of famous for saying it. it's, it's, it's not a common name. It's a popular name. an important differentiation the kids are going nuts for it (laughs) actually the last time I was coming back from uh, I was at NSConf this last uh, last month and coming back in through immigration it caused the the biggest the scariest trouble I think it's ever had for me is I'm coming back through immigration and I get a little uh, like you get that little I don't know the blue piece of paper that says I'd like to come back into the United States please and (laughs) I fill that out and hand it to the guy and he gives me a stern look and writes then draws a big P on it and he just hands it back to me doesn't say anything which is is fine (laughs) what's happening that's that's fine I go get my bag I go to the other guy you know guy who makes sure you, you aren't bringing in cigarettes or vodka or anything and he sees my piece like oh you got to go over there. <laughs> never a good, th- never a good thing. I mean, never good when the customs and Im- immigration people are like, no, 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 you can't come into the United States. You got to go over there. Yeah, that's not encouraging. It's like go over there. You know, end up just sitting there for about half an hour after various people are kind of talking to me or doing this kind of thing, and then at the end, it's just like, it's like, okay, you can go. It's like, what was what was the problem? It's like, oh, you have a very you have a very common name. <laughs> is there another David Smith that ended up on the no fly list I, or something? I don't know, but that was, I think that was the most extreme, uh, most extreme that version is. of having a name where I was like, okay, uh, I, nothing I can do about my name, but by the way, that, that might be a great tactic. If you're a terrorist, then, uh, maybe what you do is you change your name to something super common and then get yourself on the no fly list. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it probably, I mean, yeah. If you think about 
if you're going to change your name to something very American, you know, you want to pick really, really um, popular stuff. I chose the word popular there. I hope you'll yeah, notice. I did. <laughs> My mom will be proud. So speaking of uh, popular names, Jamie uh, has this problem. Yes. With, with the name Jamie. We, uh, we had a sponsor recently. I was talking to a sponsor and they, they said that they hadn't heard the show since, uh, since Lex took over. And I said, yeah, and, and everybody seems to, to like Jamie and it, things are going really well. And, and the guy says, oh, I haven't heard him. Yeah. You know, I, it does seem to be a common um, thing that happens, like a, the gender assumption, which I don't know why. I've always known more female Jamies in my lifetime than male me Jamies. Too. I've known a couple of male Jamies. Um, it's been more female Jamies for me. But yeah, it, it's interesting. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know what. Um, yeah. Why? <laughs> well, the other thing I, I will, I'll, I'll afford it when I say it out loud because, okay, Jamie could be a boy's name, but when it's written in an email, so there's a, I, somebody who will be on the show at some point in the future, I don't want to say who they, they didn't know. Yep. And they, they send us an email that said gents. Hey gents. Yep. Hey gents. And, uh, it's fine. It's not offensive or at least not. Not me. at all. Not, I'm, I, I'm I, never like, offended It just reads as, you know, yeah. It's way worse when you're mistaken for the wrong gender in person. <laughs> in <laughs> that real life. To you? It actually has happened to me. It's terrible, uh, but I had a really, really, really short haircut and a cashier at a grocery store. Um, uh, but I was like, yeah, thanks. I had really long hair when I was between like 15 and 20, like for that five years or so. I had long really hair long hair. And a baby face. And yeah. Yep. Yeah. I couldn't grow facial hair, had long hair. I just. I looked like a lesbian softball player. Nice. Nice. Yeah. A league of my own. It was it was bad. I got called ma'am a lot. Ma'am. <laughs> How about you, Dave? No, I was going to say I've, about both I've of never, you. I can't think of a time that I've ever been mistaken <laughs> for a woman. For the wrong gender. <laughs> I have uh, yet. That's a life experience I have yet to experience. Um, you know what you guys both have going for you with your names? Is that you can buy souvenirs with your name pre-printed on them. You that is true. Mine is a unique spelling of Jamie, and it, it with the two e's on the end. There, there are, I can't find those wow. things. This is a really, this is a great check your privilege moment, right? Yep. Now. Yeah, because yeah, despite that that privilege, I uh, I own nothing I with own your name no on souvenirs it. Souvenirs with my name on it. Yeah. Well, if I found it to be, um, so I have two children. One has a name that you can find printed on anything. And the other has a name you can find printed on nothing ever. And I didn't think of that. You don't think of those things when you name kids. Should I don't know if, if you're a parent, David Smith. I am, but, yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, I don't know if that, that's certainly not like part of the consideration process, for at least for me, when you name a kid. It's like, well, can we buy souvenirs with their names on it? Yeah. No, no. You go through the thought process of, is the Twitter name available? Can we buy the domain? <laughs> of course, of course. What will their email address be? The biggest one I was trying to be thoughtful of is, did I like all the nicknames? Yeah. Of, of the yep. name, I think, was more important to me than a lot of that stuff. Because that's always the tricky thing. Because like, you never control a nickname. Like, I it's discovered true. with underscore. Like, that's not a name I, I, I guess I chose it for myself, but I didn't pick it as a nickname. Now it's kind of stuck. And, like, a nickname <laughs> just sticks. And if there's a, a variant of that child's name that you don't really like, and then if that's the one that ends up kind of sticking, that's yeah. less than ideal. Uh, this is how I picked the name for my dog. I don't know if that counts, but similar sort of thing. Like I, I thought of the name that I liked, and then I thought through, well, do I like the way the things that people would do to that name? Right. Yeah. The, the permutations of a nickname, and it, it all worked out. So I just I, I ran with it. Yeah, 
if if uh, anybody out there listening has children they're thinking of naming that haven't happened yet, consider if you have more than one kid the souvenir thing. <laughs> just saying, it's, well, it's yeah, just for consistency. Either go all crazy alien names that aren't going to be on these things, all in or, or all out, or, or or like like Jane and Ted and shit like that. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know why those are the first names that popped in my head, but there you go. Very popular names. So we we skipped over what we normally do, David. Uh, we want like get, we want to give you just a second here to to explain to the audience who might not know you already who you are, what you do. Or as Dave off, often says, explain yourself. Explain myself. Well, I'm a <laughs> see by day I'm an independent iOS developer. I make apps and services, and that's my living. And then otherwise, I'm a I don't know. I, I have a lovely wife and two kids, and that's fight crime. And I yeah, fight crime. <laughs> Very nice. When you begin with, well, by day, <laughs> by day, I'm going to assume that anything when you get to, but by night, anything short of fighting crime is going to be kind of a, a letdown. But, <laughs> true. That's true. I, 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 yes, I fight crime, but I can't, I can't tell you as who, because that would, well, right. that, would, that, yeah, would ruin, that, would f- that would ruin the mystery. Well, his, the logo on his chest is an underscore. An so underscore. Like, yeah, it's a yep. secret. <laughs> exactly. Underscore man. I don't know what his superpower is, but. Uh, <laughs> He emphasizes, he emphasizes things. He emphasizes <laughs> things. He's, he's part of the Markdown Brigade. Him and the asterisk <laughs> and the, uh, the square bracket get together. <laughs> I, I would love, love to sit at that table. Seriously. So, so, so name an app. Here's your chance to, to plug oh, gosh. thing. I mean, I, I'm a bit unfortunately known for being for like uh, having too many apps. So I, think, I, I have an app called Check the Weather, Audiobooks, My Recipe Book, Feed Wrangler, Pod Wrangler, Pedometer Plus Plus. That's like the top five list and then it goes on from there nice. i'm really glad that you went with pedometer plus plus i was at uh, a sporting goods store and they had you know, next to the rack of things i was looking at, i don't remember what it was but next to they had this like little mini rack of pedometers and one of them was pedo plus hmm mm-hmm. that's probably the worst possible name for yeah. this product i don't think i don't think you you could have spent if you had spent a year, you could not have come up with the worst name. It doesn't seem like they, they workshopped that one quite Yeah, I didn't enough. think that one they through all the way. Uh, yeah. It yeah. made me feel bad for them because, wow. It, there's two scenarios. One is the name is so bad it just never sells. And two, the product is good and it sells a bunch anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're the pedo people. Yeah. Yep. Pedo plus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's the plus that really sells. It's the plus. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. I like with so yours the that. plus plus. Yeah. Pedometer plus plus. The steps increment that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's yep. a pro- it's a programming joke that I don't think many of my customers ever got, but that's fine. <laughs> well, that's okay. They don't they don't all need to be nerds. How do you how do you feel about that? How do you feel about uh, your 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 um, let's say customers, but like users in general, whether they're giving you money or not. Do you do you want to make things that are for everybody, or do you want to make things that are for like people like us? Most of my most of the things I've ever made are for typical people, not for geeks or nerds or whatever you want to call it. People, you know, the us strange ones. Um, <laughs> like it, it's, I think that's. I mean, most of that's for business reasons, but like it, it's also. I think we're the we're a very finicky people, and so. I'd rather be making things for people who are a bit less finicky than, uh, you know, yeah. than, than like super designed. Like, like while I appreciate it, when I get the feedback from somebody, it's like, it's like, so on this particular screen, this character is one pixel off to the left. 
Like, <laughs> I appreciate that feedback, but at the same time, like, really? You, all, all, all the app, all the things that it's doing, that's the thing you thought to, to point out to me to make sure I was aware that I was one pixel off. And like, I'm glad in many ways that that's not my goal. It's more, a bit more general than that. People who appreciate things for, for the, what they are rather than for tiny details like that. Be, be careful because my job is to be the guy who says, uh, I know, tiny pixel. details. Well, it's like, you know, I mean, I think in terms of, of, I think tiny details definitely matter, but I, I hear you on, you know, I think sometimes it's the easiest thing in the world to point out what's wrong. And that's what people tend to default to or think that that's what designers are like point out everything that's wrong and that's their job. And it, it's interesting to, you know, that perspective, but I can totally appreciate like, I just want to get the thing out, the thing that functions well, the idea of making tools for people who make tools, I can see the appeal of it. But for me, I, I've always felt like the nerds already have the best stuff. Right. And or so much of the challenge. Themselves. Yeah, the, the, the new frontier in software, the new frontier in software experience is making those tools available to people who normally wouldn't use them. Not necessarily those tools, but, but making that, that level, that class of product software usable to people who aren't software people software has been usable by software people since software was invented you look at especially like like the early days of linux in the 90s this was software made only for people who were writing software if you didn't if you didn't have a computer science degree you could barely get the thing installed on your computer and these days we've got this amazing renaissance of of designers and developers working together to make things that my mom could use and that to me is so much more an interesting problem than making another you know database connection kit layer but it's, it's also just a much more interesting problem i think because it's you if you're designing for somebody who doesn't have a lot of context about how things should work you have to be much more thoughtful about how you build it because you can't just assume oh well, of course they know exactly what three horizontal lines in the top left corner of your app mean right like it, they, they, yeah. they may have me have no idea what that means like and so you you can't take things for granted in a way that you um, you, you can otherwise, which I think makes the problem a bit more interesting to solve. Do you think that, that translates to the way you see other products, like things that you buy, like your car or your dishwasher? A little bit. I, I mean, I, I, I do love noticing those. The more you use the, the design products and things, the more you do, you, th you think about those types of choices people make. And I, or even copy design, I think, is even more something you start really noticing where you're like, I don't know if that's the clearest way you you could have said that. That's or... Um, when you're, you're, you're just th those types of details start sticking out to you a bit more when you actually have an opinion on them because you've had to make similar choices before. It's so true. I love that you brought up the copy thing. Just inter I don't know if either of you it's saw. It's kind of Jamie's wheelhouse right here. <laughs> it is, but I don't know if either of you saw. I tweeted a few hours ago this morning. Like I, I was making just one of the, just woke up. my simple cups of Keurig coffee, and I know many will frown upon that, but um, I was making it, and I was reading the side of the box, and it's, I'm going to read it. <laughs> it says, shift into a coffee that ignites your senses. The rich, <laughs> no, it gets better. Hold on. The rich body smooth balance and high octane attitude of rev put you in life's driver's seat wow <laughs> Did the it? best part of this to me is when he said it i wasn't sure if he said copy problem or coffee problem <laughs> right, and, it, it got both either way and, here, yeah right? so for a minute there i'm like did jamie mishear this too and she's about to tell a coffee story but then you tied it all together <laughs> copy or coffee and david i i did read your um your about page and i i I learned that you are a, a coffee fan. I am. 
Yes, I, I, I enjoy good coffee. So this all ties together, Dave. It does. Beautifully. It, it, it does beautifully. <laughs> and the real the question that I have to ask you is, do you feel like you're in the driver's seat? You know what? I have been do in the driver's seat up? all day today. I'm so in the driver's seat. You're no, in a pretty good mood. Here's the, here's so the distincting something. operative, though. I am in life's driver's seat. Mm. <laughs> so that, if that isn't marketing copy, I don't know what it is. That's pretty good, but it's... Is that on the outside of the package or yes. is that on the thing that you stick in the coffee? Maker? No, it's on the outside of the box that holds all of the little pods. Okay. Yeah. So that's the, when you're standing in the line, you're looking for the right coffee pods to buy. You yep. see that and you go, oh, well, shit, this is obviously the coffee I want. Well, it's like I order them all on Amazon just based on the packaging most of the time. So see, I'm a, a visual based decision maker. I just, I'm a review based decision maker. I try. I should do that. But with the coffees, I just try a bunch of different things all the time and I order them off Amazon. They arrive at my house. So I've made this one a few times. It's good. It's, I mean, in the scheme of Keurig coffee, it's good. Uh, but I'm standing there kind of waiting for it to do its little machine making of the coffee. And I, so I'm holding the box and I started actually reading it. And I just, it made me laugh out loud that they wrote that, <laughs> that they actually wrote that. The thing Why that would I, they do that? I'm starting to, what I sort of wonder is like, is, so that's how they're differentiating that coffee from the <laughs> coffee next to it, right? Yep. So, so you, have the co- you have the coffee that puts you in the driver's seat and revs you up. Life's driver's seat. <laughs> Life's driver's seat, sorry. And, and revs <laughs> you up. That is such an important distinction. And, and then, like, what does the other coffee do? It's it, like, just, is that- it puts you in life's passenger seat. Anxious. I mean, who's going to drive? Who's going to buy that coffee, right? <laughs> exactly. It's, now, that, I mean, that's the decision you're making. Yeah. I, I mean, if it's not going to put me now, that's the that's the bar that's been set. The underscore that's been set is yeah. that it has to at least put me in life's driver's seat. Yeah, because if I'm honest, I don't think I mean, I've I, I spent a lot of, you know, I spent, put a lot of energy into making coffee. I don't think I've ever would have characterized it as putting me in life's driver's seat. Yeah, me either. Never I think I'm, I'm even missing out, though. I mean, that's 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 on me for for getting the wrong coffee. It, and now, you know, now I know. <laughs> this is this is why you've spent so much time in life's fast. I don't drink coffee at all. What what seat am I in? Am I, I'm not even in the car, am I? You're walking, mm. I suppose. Am I walking to the drive through of life? I guess you Using are. Using Pedo Plus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then there was silence. <laughs> and then there was silence. <laughs> well, they say that, that they didn't workshop the name well enough, right? Like, yeah. That's the problem. It just ends the conversation. Because yeah, it's, it's, it makes people... I mean, it's funny, but... Uncomfortably, no it's an uncomfortable make. kind yeah. of funny. It's not. It a, really is. It's the wrong. It, it puts kind you of off because there's there's no good response to it. You, there's no follow up. It's like the. Uh, you ever play Cards Against Humanity? Once, <laughs> yeah. There's certain cards in Cards Against Humanity that are just like win cards. There's nothing. They will always punctuate whatever the thing is in such a way, like like any anything involving midgets really is just a. You throw that down any time and it's an instant win. Not because it's funny, just because. It's the it's the end of a joke thread. It doesn't yeah. encourage more joke. It just sort of ends the thread. It's a thread killing joke, is what I guess I'm saying. Thread killer, thread killer four thousand. <laughs> that 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 could be a, another coffee, I imagine. Oh, thread killer four thousand. Thread killer it. four thousand. That doesn't just put you in the driver's seat. It's putting you in the driver's seat of a tank. I mean, that's a. Uh, it's not messing around. Yeah, the, that's true. On the path to destruction, destruction. I can't even speak. That's how revved oh. up on life I am. I'm waiting for the five thousand. <laughs> we gotta start somewhere. You know, you don't want to buy mid year and get the the previous model because in six months they're gonna come out with a new one. So true. It's like if you were gonna buy an iPhone today, don't. 
<laughs> I know. I actually, the power button on my iPhone is broken. It's driving me bananas. It's I, driving you? Yes. It's, it's driving in the me. the driver's seat. <laughs> the button, yes. I get it. I get it. <laughs> oh, this driver's seat thing. No, I'm in yeah. the life's driver's seat. But yeah, this... Uh, this this power button thing is like having that that pestering kid or you know the backseat driver. Yeah, that's what this is. Why don't you just go to the store and get them to give you a new one? They have to leave my house. Yeah. Oh. That reminds me of you. I don't know if you've ever seen this. It, sometimes I feel bad when I see kids who end up. You could clearly tell they've gotten their parents' phones, <laughs> and so like their the screens are just horribly shattered. And none of the buttons work, so they have to turn on. I think it's called assistive touch, the little like orb that. <laughs> That's that what I have. Yeah. That's so what I have on my screen right now, just to turn it off. Just because, to turn it off, because oh none God. of the buttons work. All the screens oh all. Oh God! It's like, yep. it's like, oh man. I guess you know, oh poor, poor kid. He has this advanced technology communicator, but still. Right. I love that we live in that world. Where, <laughs> oh, he must be poor. He's it's got the a ghetto version. He's got a broken screen. That's um. Yeah, I feel like I do. I have like the ghetto version of iPhone right now and it's it just latchkey kids with their shitty phones yeah uh, poor things they're, sh- they're shitty iphones do your kids have iphones jamie um not iphones but they do both have ipads one of which is completely destroyed as of this last weekend or week Ooh. week spring break yeah what happened she dropped it for the fourth time uh, that'll do it yeah there was a step on somewhere in there too <laughs> gosh yeah i've stepped on my phone a few times <laughs> I have I've, I've never stepped on my phone. I do drop mine a lot. I've never cracked a screen. I oh no, I've never cracked a screen. I've had I'm on like my thirty something iPhone. And I have also never put protective gear on my phone. Like I put Did the I? little sticker on the back, and that's it because I like to keep it in my pocket. Yep my uh, my my phone is naked. What's your phone like, David? I well, I used to do the never have a cover thing, and that I recently. I, I put a cover on it now, but it's a cover slash wallet. Oh, so I because I, I, I hate having things in my pockets. It's uh, like, yeah. I just I really hate it, and I worked out that I could really much pretty much just get by with a driver's license and a credit card. Yes, that's and what I keep in my pocket. Ninety nine percent of my life, that's all I need. And so I got a little thin thin case for my phone, so I can slide the. Just those two things in there. And so now I don't have a wallet anymore. That sounds like the perfect solution for me because I'm one of those girls that I can't carry a bag, like a purse or whatever, unless I'm carrying my computer around. But I don't do that just from a day-to-day sort of thing. I carry my phone, a driver's license, and a credit card in my back pocket. I've never noticed that about you, but now I'm trying to imagine you carrying a purse and it just does not work. I don't. I either have a bag with my computer in it. And so I do have a very small bag because I have just the little you know, the air, the 11 inch air. And I have a little tiny iPad. So everything fits in this really nice small bag if I need it to. But usually like conferences and stuff, when I actually have my computer, I just have the computer bag. In the times that we've been, you know, wandering the streets of Melbourne or something like that, you're, yeah, you're not the sort of person who needs to like have uh, a hairdryer and lip gloss and (laughs) the Mary Poppins bag. Yeah. An umbrella in there probably. I don't know. Nope. A house plant, some soup. No, I don't. I don't carry a bag. <laughs> I really don't. I don't think you know what purses are for. <laughs> I really like the the few times I've tried carrying one in attempt to be I don't know more ladylike or whatever. Um, the yeah, I leave them. I leave. I remember leaving 
um, my bag on the back of a chair at the Taco Bell and having to drive back 45 minutes to go get it. Was it literally a Taco Bell? There's a real Taco Bell theme happening. I know. I've noticed that. I almost mentioned that. We talked about Taco Bell on our last show, David. And for the the attentive listener, the person who showed up in the previous story <laughs> about Taco Bell, the person who showed up with a car <laughs> was none other than underscore David Smith. Exactly. Uh, that, that, it's, it's as though it was planned. It's as though it was planned. Imperfect flow. It worked out pretty well. We all got tacos. That's all you need. There, there hits a point in drunkenness in an evening when you just need something. You need food. You just want to eat something and then like go pass out. Because the alternative is you're going to stay out and keep drinking. And that's going to that's gonna lead to you feeling terrible the next day. And nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. New York is great for this because there's food carts and there's you know stuff that stays open really late. But in the suburbs, what are you supposed to do? You live in Virginia, David. Is that right? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Herndon, just so, outside yeah. DC. Yeah, you like you. That's why you had a car. I remember now. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. The conference we're referring to. I was. Yeah, I live about five minutes from where the conference was held. So ah, uh, that's awesome. Short commute for you. Yes. I I sat in the baby seat of your car, didn't I? You did. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. I did too. Until just now, I'm like, oh yeah, I was really close to the ceiling. I remember this that. This is. This is now, it makes it even funnier if you flash back to the part where you were saying earlier, hey, do you have kids? Yep, exactly. I'm like, oh, yeah. Because you already knew. I did. I just I mean, hadn't put all the pieces together yet. Yeah. So uh, why why Herndon? Why, do you, why did you choose <laughs> what that? What brought you there? <laughs> I Explain yourself. Explain myself. I, see, I've been in the Northern Virginia area um, for, since I was 11. So before I was born and raised in South Africa, but moved to the States when I was 11. Wait, really? Yeah. I know. That's so rad. Like that's just so, such a casual sentence there. Well, like, it's, you're, it's, you're an African American. I am. I, I'm an African American. Uh, but yeah, I was so yeah, born in South Africa, moved here when I was 11 and my parents just settled in, in Northern Virginia. And so I've been in this area for, yeah, essentially forever. Like my wife was my you know, high school sweetheart. We went to high school together here and so on. And so, like when we were settling down, we just stayed in Northern Virginia and Herndon. We just ended up in because we have some had some friends who we wanted to be close to, and so we picked. That's so awesome. so we, we picked. We picked here. But yeah, I've been. That's I've, I've been in the same been in the same place for a long time. Do you have any desire to get out and go live somewhere else for a while? Uh, sometimes like a, I, a year in Europe or something. We we've thought about stuff like that, uh, and I mean, right now the big thing. Both of both of our, I guess, both sets of grandparents live in Northern Virginia too, um, like fifteen twenty minutes away from us. And so, at this point, while we have young kids, we're never going going anywhere because that's an incredible, wonderful thing to have two, you know, have have, have four grandparents within twenty minutes. So that's got to um, be nice. That's awesome. It's, it's pretty awesome. But because we have definitely talked about like yeah, like the going, especially doing the kind of work I do, like I could very easily be anywhere like there's in some ways that's in some sense it doesn't even make sense for me to live where i live because dc is a reasonably high cost of living type of place and so given that i could work anywhere it seems like it would make more sense to live in a place that wasn't so expensive but yeah we definitely thought about like the yeah going to it's like getting a villa somewhere and just being there for a summer or you know avoiding the winter and going to new zealand for the winter and you know their summer or something like that just for fun but I think, yeah, I, I don't know. It's like I've, I've, I've grown so used to being here that it just, it's just so comfortable. It's home. And like, I mean, I have to say as, as a fellow parent, that, that grandparent gig you've got there, that deal, <laughs> like that's a sweet deal. 
I wouldn't pass up on that either. Yeah, exactly. It's that's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's the thing I miss most about living in Colorado. My mom still lives there, so who watches my dog? <laughs> sure. Yeah. It, actually, still my mom. I have to fly my dog back to Colorado. No joke. She's in Denver. My dog is in Denver right now because I was, I'm traveling for the next couple of weeks. Do you fly with your dog to drop the dog off each uh-huh. time? That's awesome. Yeah. yeah I'm not, how, how else would that work? I didn't know if you could just ship the dog. I actually it's genuinely FedEx. don't know that. I don't know. No, I mean I through an either. airplane. Like an unaccompanied minor kind of thing, like with a little <laughs> tag around the neck. and uh... <laughs> I just put him on a plane. I mean, you know, I have no idea. Just like wrap a little baggie around her and uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think that would work. Put her in a box. She's, she's smart, but I don't think she could get herself through the airport. Yeah. She would get really distracted. To her, an airport, I think, is like a dog park for people. Seems like they could be a really cool service for somebody to provide. Like maybe sort of like people who drive cars across the country for people just drive your pet or fly your pet across the yeah, country. Yeah, I'll transport your pet for you and take care of it. The thing with Pixel is she's a registered service animal, so she doesn't have to like go into a weird crate or ride at the bottom of the plane or something. She just gets to sit in my lap. Right. Which, which is cool. You know, yeah. And it's, she's so small and well-behaved and nobody cares. If anything, she's a little bit of a distraction because everybody wants to stop and pet her. Right. Which they're not supposed to do when they're on duty, right? Yeah. But I don't put the little jacket on her or anything mm-hmm. well no i take that back i do when we go to the airport i do because you, you seems like otherwise they would just think excuse me sir you can't have your dog with you right like, in you, which you, case i just show the card sure but yeah well, I've, I've learned that the best thing to do when i fly with her is to get an aisle seat because if i get the window seat people are gonna like lean over the people next to me to pet the dog or they're talking over the people and i'd rather just like look if you're all gonna stop and want to address my animal <laughs> Trust my animal. <laughs> Trust my animal. It's a very formal You're, thing. Yes. Uh, yeah. Everybody's going to stop. They want to pet her. They want to ask what kind of dog it is. If that's as big as she's going to get. I'm going to get her little business cards to answer these questions. I just hand them out to people. Do you have pets, David? No. Me? Well, I do. I have cats. I was going to say me. I don't have a dog. <laughs> you said that. Well, I do. <laughs> I do. So you could suck. No. <laughs> not not guy. like that. I was just curious. We were talking a lot about. Yeah. yeah. No. It's. It's. I had a dog when I had a dog when I was growing up and a cat for like middle and high school years at home but no it's never my my wife has some allergies to to, yeah. to a lot to, to a lot of sort of cats and dogs and things and so it's like if we were going to get an it's like I could see us getting fish maybe yeah. that's not really a pet that's more like yeah, it's more like a piece of interactive art or something yeah. like it's, it's, <laughs> I was going to say decorative furniture yeah, I like yours better it's, it's not have, really yeah. it's not really like the, a pet like something that you would touch maybe it's true see i have fish in the pond out back but i never when people say do you have pets i never acknowledge the fish in the pond i i don't i haven't named them i don't there's like no, 18 fish of don't them. count fish don't count especially if you also eat fish yeah which i do not my fish but i do eat fish right yeah. so these aren't your pets these are are meals that you've not gotten hungry enough to eat yet yep it's true I mean, I guess you could make the same argument about a cat. You've chosen not to eat your cat, but I don't think there's anything. You you aren't eating other cats is my point. Yeah, it's very true. No cats or dogs yet in my lifetime that I know of. Yet. (laughs) That I know of. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. This is this is my problem with food is I want to know where everything's coming from. I want to know what all of the ingredients are. But not in a hippie sort of way, but like I wanted, I want to be able to identify what the ingredients are. Aren't, aren't things like New York food carts pretty rough for that type of yeah, scenario? Yeah, I was say. Food cart. 
I'm staying the hell away from a food cart. You, you, you were just saying New York's great for this because we have. It's the great food because cart. they've got all these things. Well, they do. Uh, there's also food trucks, which I trust a little bit more. Oh, I'm then not sure why. This, oh, food. The self propulsion is important for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a distinguishing. It makes factor. all the difference. Well, a food cart is usually like a hot dog weird, stand. Yeah, a hot dog stand, which that's already kind of, eh. and uh, you know, like halal food or or like donor or something like that. The stuff that I wouldn't. Like wouldn't be the thing I'd immediately go to. Whereas uh, a food truck is going to be hipster food. It's going to be boutique waffle <laughs> platters and shit like that where I'm like, yeah, I'd eat that. Gourmet sliders. We have the gourmet slider truck out here. I mean, the cynical the cynical view of what I just said was I will eat uh, uh, street food as long as it's served by white people. But I think there's a few other variables. In there as well. <laughs> I, think, I think a white guy with a hot dog stand is still going to lose to like... You know, like, a foreign guy with a waffle platter truck. What you're saying, it's, it's, it's not that it's, it's not the race of the person, it's the pretension of the person, right? The, right. I want them to be as pretentious as possible. You want pretentious waffles or pretentious... Uh, <laughs> if it were a boutique hot dog, like if it were a food truck serving, um, like... Handcrafted? Truffled, handcrafted truffle mac and cheese with slices of hot dog in it. Mm-hmm. I would be all over that shit. Gourmet food, I right? Think but is that the same hot dog word. on a bun from a from a cart on the the corner? No, I got no interest in that. Very interesting. It's all marketing, right? It's all marketing. <laughs> it's, it's all in the presentation. <laughs> the this words on the design. side of the okay. cart. <laughs> I want to be in the driver's seat of life when I eat my street food. That's right. <laughs> Are go. the words that they're there? Their word choices going to make you feel like you're in the driver's seat of life? The That's important really the part question. is that the vehicle have a driver's seat. Yes. <laughs> Would you guys eat street food? I have. I, I have as well. It's it's opportunistic, right? I'm I'm hungry. If that is the choice, if I could rather if I'd rather rather eat that than be really hungry, I'll often eat that. I there don't is, seek them out. That's that's for sure. There's a, a hot dog cart in Las Vegas downtown in the old classic downtown. Like people line up for this guy's hot dogs. Like like he's apparently got. I've never tried it, but I hear they're great and people wait for this guy to come and then you know it's like a big long line and but he's just like that in denver too yeah and he's not in a truck you know it's not like a converted roach coach it's it's a cart well the guy in denver uh it was called biker gyms was the hot dog stand and biker gym i guess ran the place and people would rave about it and i my whole thing was i'm never going there'd be lines down the street and i never never will i want to ever go and, and eat one of these hot dogs then they opened a shop, uh-huh. and I was there all the time. See, I have I have kind of an affinity for divey joints, so I, I don't know. I, I like. I'm, I don't know. I'm easily made sick by food, so if I'm in a situation where it's like, man, I just need to eat something, then you go that's to Taco Bell. A situation. Well, no, that's usually when I'm I'm drunk and it's late because that's when Taco Bell is awesome. Uh, and Taco Bell also doesn't typically make me sick, despite the the stereotype there. Uh, but if if I'm in a situation where street cart food is the most convenient, easy, logical thing. I'm probably in the kind of situation where me getting sick is going to be really inconvenient. Right. Yeah. Like me, me having tummy troubles is going to be really <laughs> inconvenient. So, uh, uh, that's, that's when it's like, screw it. I'm going to get a power bar. Sure. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. It's definitely a good travel tip that you, I always travel with like a big <laughs> handful of like protein bars or, Builder bars, whatever you want to call it, like that kind of thing. Cause yeah, I keep Cliff bars like, handy or like the little dried fruit, dried cranberries yeah. usually. Yeah, that's a good, yeah. good plan. Because yeah. whenever it's because like the worst thing I always say is like 
when you're you, you think you're going to get food at your connection oh, and then and there's you, no time and then there is no connection how many and times so you have had you done that yep. and so you get on the you're on the plane you're like okay i guess i've got these pretzels that they and i'm gonna me. starve to death for <laughs> the next eight hours i've so done yeah. that too yeah. many times so That's it's like exactly. always gotta have a handful of something with me so i can just do that or, or of course to, or to avoid paying ten dollars for a, a little box of sandwich yeah which, which, a disgusting sandwich the airplane food is rarely appetizing yeah in my move uh not not necessarily air for air travel but i will do that too but for uh just here in the city if i'm going someplace and it's it's like around meal time and i'm not sure when my next meal is going to happen as i'm getting on the subway in the subway station at least the one right by me there's like a little um a little newsstand guy yeah and so i'll just go over and i'll buy a candy bar or something and stick it in my my bag or my pocket and that way i know that no matter what Situation comes up where I need to eat something. I got it covered. Wherever the night, wherever the night leads you, you're good. <laughs> I accidentally discovered a neat trick uh, a couple months ago where me and a friend went to see a movie, and then afterwards we were out drinking. And at the movie, we bought snacks, we bought candy, and it was we had had dinner before that, so we weren't especially hungry. So I still I found I discovered at the very end of the night when it was you know three in the morning and we're all pretty well drunk. I had most of a bag of M&Ms in my pocket, one of those big movie theater bags of M&Ms. And not only was it exactly what I needed at 3 o'clock in the morning when I was drunk, but I became the most popular guy at the bar. <laughs> He's got late night snacks. <laughs> this guy's got snacks. Hey, there's a stranger with candy over there. Everybody. <laughs> so, uh, there's a stranger <laughs> with candy. Don't worry. Turns out when you're drunk and an adult, strangers with candy is great. There you go. And, and M&Ms are delicious. Yeah. M&Ms are yeah. absolutely delicious. Anytime, anywhere, but I mean, peanut M Ms when you're drunk. Ooh, I hate. Yeah, peanut I don't. M&Ms. I hate peanut uh, M Ms too. I'm with you, but you know what, what I is love? Wrong with you guys? I love Reese's Pieces though. Reese's Pieces good. Yep. M Ms in general, awesome. One probably tied yep. for first for best candy ever. I am with you. What's with your, those two are tied? Those two. Well, are tied, but, but peanut uh, for M&Ms me, it's no. M Ms and jelly and jelly uh, jelly je- bellies. Not je- yeah, those. The ones that the jelly bears, like the gummy bears. There we are. The gummy oh, bears. Okay. Oh, I gummy have a bag bears. of those in the cabinet. Yeah. You are foreign. Jelly bears. Jelly bears. Gummy bears. What? Why gummy bears? That seems like such a weird choice they're, for favorite. They're, they're just delicious. Like they're, they're they're so good. I really only like the white ones, even though they all get kind of infused with the same flavor. The clear Something ones. Something about the white one. The white one feels more substantial. It feels less translucent. In my mouth. Does that make any sense at all? No. No. Not to me at no. all. But that's okay. I like that. <laughs> wherever that came from. I like the no, clear like ones. It, 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 it feels different. It feels... It tastes It tastes different. like there's, yeah. it's, got, it's got a real flavor, not a, a passive flavor. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know. It's probably all psychological, but it tastes solid and the other ones taste clear. The psychology yeah. of gummy bears. Well, be a I mean, thing. it's sort of like people are like, they get all, all off on which Skittle tastes better. I've never been right. able to t- taste the difference between Skittles. They all taste the same to me. Every single one, exactly the same. It just tastes like sugar. <laughs> Skittles, I can taste. There's M&M's. I can taste the difference between the different colors of M&M's. No way. No. Dead serious. So you want to, are you like a super taster? Like I, a- I guess. I haven't done the test. But I did. Uh, it, it was my um, sophomore year of high school. And there was a science test. We were doing... In, in a science class, they were doing, uh, we, they got split up into groups. And the idea was to test to see if we could taste the difference between the different dyes of M&Ms. And the, the point of, the, of doing this test, I really don't know, other than to suggest that there might be a difference, but two cents. I don't remember what the exact deal was, but uh, I could. And like repeatedly, 
Like this was not like a I guessed right five times. This was yeah, yeah. It was pretty good, which told me that um, I had spent too much of my life up until that point eating M and M's. Repeat success. And I had uh, I had this habit when I was a kid of because uh, in my mind the M and M bags they were so small and I wanted to savor them, so I would suck on the M and M. So I got mm. used to the different colors of dye, and combine that with um, mild OCD where I had to eat them in order of color. Mm. What, co- rainbow, what was like your color? Rainbow order. Yeah, rainbow order. Aha, uh-huh, gotcha. And and red has a certain flavor. It's a very particular cough syrupy kind of flavor. And then you you move on down the line, and they all kind of had their own thing. So yeah, with uh, with a pretty high rate of success, I could I could do it. Yeah, I think I one of the things I like about myself is that I I'm I think if there's an opposite of a super taster, I'm more on that. Like I wish I had that. I can't really tell a lot of nuance and detail in food, which in general just makes my life like I can drink inexpensive wine and it's like this is great it tastes awesome as soon as someone gives you the fancy stuff it's like oh it, t- it tastes great it's, it's awesome like it's, it's nice to not feel like i have to re, you know spend huge sums of money and do all these things to to, to have a, to have a nice experience because i just can't tell the yeah. difference like that's great and i'm that way certainly with wine where i don't know enough about it or i don't have enough familiarity but with m&ms i had become so familiar with m&ms i don't know if i could do it today because i haven't had m&ms regularly but I just, it was so, so many M&Ms. It was just pure exposure. So many M&Ms. I was a fat kid, seriously. Now there's not. <laughs> now we're fine. <laughs> we're sorry, Dave. I'm sorry. I wouldn't have guessed that about you, though. I didn't know. We, I, I could have sworn we had talked about this before. You know, it seems like it has, had come up or I had heard it, but I don't feel like I heard it from you. I don't know. Maybe we did. Mm. Anyway. Know, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I was uh, in high school. I was hefty. Day. So uh, what made you what what made you change that? I'm actually very curious now. Well, I was um, uh, a little shy of 300 pounds when I was in high school. How tall are you? Six two. Two. So that's a yeah, that's a good sized fella. That's a that's a pretty big dude. I'm about 200 now. Uh, really the answer, and this is not a, a dieting tip that I would give, but it worked for me. I started smoking. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Cause I, I, I'd always heard that when you quit smoking, you put on weight and my logic was, well, I bet I lose weight if I start smoking. <laughs> it's a and, new habit. Uh, yeah. Turns out you, you, for, for a person like me with that kind of addictive personality, it turns out if you just start smoking every time you're hungry instead of eating, that works. Wow. Yeah, and then then you stopped smoking because I don't think I've ever seen you smoke. Possibly, yeah, I quit smoking a couple of years ago. I mean, I, I when I was living in Europe, uh, I smoked again, but just while I was there. But I mean, everybody smokes in Europe. Ah, yeah, it doesn't even count. It's when, terrible. When in Rome, <laughs> yeah, I went to college in England, and it was terrible. You'd go out anywhere for any amount of time in in public, and you come back, and you'd all your clothes smell of cigarettes. It's like. It's like really? living living in Las really? Vegas. <laughs> it's it's mind blowing. These people are supposed to be smarter than us. Yeah, and they've got better health care. Yeah, but and I, it's get, I think it's getting better though. At least last time I was in Britain, it was very more. It, there were far fewer places that it seemed like you're allowed to to smoke anymore. Yeah. Uh, in Amsterdam, you can smoke pretty much like shy of the grocery store. You can smoke pretty much wherever you want. They draw a line there. No no, yeah. no smoking in the grocery store. Right, <laughs> but no, it, it's uh. Everywhere you go, the patios all have ashtrays sitting out. You can't really smoke indoors a lot of places, but uh, it's sort of built around, well, of course, we're all going to smoke outside. And there there were plenty of bars where you could smoke, and that's where we'd always end up because those are the popular places. Yeah. 
It's funny. I don't think my kids are going to know what an ashtray is. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. Like cars don't have them anymore. Oh, no true. restaurants have them. Like they don't really like. I I don't can't think of the time the last time I saw an ashtray. Like you see those big weird like I don't even know the goosenecked things outside yeah. doors, but you don't see. We still like, have a good like deal an ashtray of them sitting here. somewhere. Yeah, well, yeah, Las Vegas. Because yeah. you can still smoke in casinos. Yeah, it's so funny that when the ca- casinos have put in like these little designated non-smoking areas, and it's very strange. In the restaurants, <laughs> you don't smoke, but um, a little glass booth where you stand there and not smoke. Yeah, it's so weird. I mean, it kind of is like that. Like you know, you go to a casino and they have this little alcove, but it's like the, you can't really. T- maybe it's just not as concentrated in that area. You still. This leave. is why I like the wind. The wind does such a good job of, of purifying the air. Yeah. You don't smell the smoke as you're walking around. Interesting. Yeah, unless somebody's this right episode next brought to you by the wind. The wind. <laughs> the wind. I uh, have you been on a plane with an ashtray? I have no. been on a plane that has an ashtray. Yes, and there are always like gum wrappers and stuff in there. Is that just it's like gross, to me? That's mind blowing. It's mind blowing that there was a time <laughs> that you could smoke on the plane. <laughs> When it was okay to light up a cigarette on an airplane. And they had a non-smoking section on the planes as if that helped. I know, right? Like you're in this tube container in there. That's like smoking on a submarine. It's the same thing. And you could smoke in hospitals and you could smoke pretty much fucking anywhere you wanted to. Sure. Blows my mind that we ever thought that was okay. It is funny. It just shows how how far we've come, I guess, as a people, but also kind of how much further we have to go. Oh, Yes. I agree. We we got lots of things to do as a society, as a human we race. Some shit to work out. You know, I was. This is going to go maybe dark and way off into. The, the <laughs> Are you ready, David? That's a good, that's a good, that's a good was, warning. Just I've got. Here's a thought. I was I was reading this this thing. I don't remember why, but I was reading this thing about time travel, and why haven't we met time travelers yet? Why hasn't anybody come back from the future? Uh, the future. And one of the theories is that time travel is only possible from the point forward after time travel is invented. So they, that's as far back as they could go. They couldn't visit us. Another was that the arc of human history is very long and we might not be the most interesting point in it. We, we might just be like, you know, a, a nondescript little nowhere in human history that wasn't all that interesting, which I would probably argue against that, but fine. Okay, that's possible. But one of them was that before we invent time travel, we destroy ourselves. Mm. You never know. And that made me think. Yeah. I was trying to think about it, but yeah, I was just like, well, <laughs> then it doesn't happen, right? I like to think that I travel time every time I go into a different time zone, Dave. <laughs> You're in the future always... right now. I'm in the past. Actually, That's it's true. the present for me, but. Yeah, we're, but the, we're all time travelers, right? All... <laughs> exactly. I've traveled. I've traveled forward 50 minutes and 15 seconds since we started this. So I'm a time traveler. <laughs> Though I always loved was my, my favorite story about time travel is the I think it was Stephen Hawkins who was curious if there were ever time travelers. Right. And so he had a he had a party to celebrate them at his you know whatever at, at his house or something. But he only advertised that the party was going to happen the day after it happened. Right. Which right. I always thought was just like such a genius way. To have a party for time travelers. It's not just the genius of thinking of that, because it seems like something that would be in a sci-fi story, or it could be its own short story or yeah. something. But the fact that he actually did it. I know, it's great. Like, and that it was him doing it. It has to be a guy like Stephen Hawking. It can't just be, you know, I had a party for time travelers. Sure. It's got to be a guy so well-respected and so notable in the history of science. Uh, you know, 300 years from now, people are going to know who Stephen Hawking was. 
Yeah. And nobody showed up, which is sad. Or, or people showed up, but he was sworn to secrecy. It's true. I mean, let's get all conspiracy theory for just a second and say, we don't know that nobody showed up. We can only take his word for it. And his words are not only filtered by uh, human perception, but also a computer. So there are levels of things going on here that might be beyond our control or understanding. It's true. I'm just saying. I think we need to work on another sci-fi movie, Dave. Oh, there we go. (laughs) I'm still working on the treatment for the last one. Oh, yeah, that was good. That could be that could be the goal of the show from this point forward. Is every <laughs> every show is us workshopping a screenplay for a movie or a, a television series, as somebody uh, one of our listeners recommended recently. What was the TV show? No, just the saying that we should write we should write a screen screenplay or we should create a TV series based on all of our material. Oh well, aren't we doing that? But a podcast instead. Exactly. Let's make it TV. Let's go crazy. All right. Well. Let's get a hold of the people at Bravo. <laughs> that's where you, that's where you'd want to go if you if you if you could pick any TV station to be on. You pick Bravo. You want to be on Bravo? No, um, I just know that Bravo will put fucking anything on the air. <laughs> that's where we fit. So it's not so it's not particularly aspirational, is what you're saying. It's I'm just saying it's low hanging fruit. It's a it's a Bravo. good first call to make. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if the I, energy of that one it's like i, I, I don't know if if, if if all i could do with my tv show was be on bravo i'm not sure if i'd want to be on tv yep i think you might have a fine point yeah should we shoot for hbo or something at least um, amc yeah i was gonna say at least like the amc <laughs> there's tlc is that another one i'm not very Previously good with on amc's unprofessional yeah Though, of course, I don't even watch. I, I can't even tell you what stations are in really anymore. Cause That's I how I feel, too. Because it's television. All like, I have no idea what's on anything. Yeah it's, it's, yeah. it's on Netflix. It's on an Apple TV. It's on something else. So, Well, I, there's branding that comes along. Like, a non-network TV. Like, I couldn't tell you. Um, I have no idea what channel or what network Scandal or Castle are on. But I know that Mad Men is on AMC. See, I, I just don't. I don't notice those things very much. Like I kind of. Well, because when you watch Mad Men, they have a little AMC thing in the corner the whole damn time. Oh, uh, okay. And the show starts with previously on AMC's Mad Men. Mm-hmm. So it's just drilled into your subconscious. Right. It also it's it's interesting to know because well, really, if if it's not HBO or something, it's probably AMC because that's where all the good TV is coming from. But Breaking Bad, uh, Mad Men, Walking Dead, all AMC. AMC. But it matters because uh, swearing and nudity, that's the line. If they're swearing and nudity, it's probably HBO. Or Showtime. Man, what's on Showtime? What's the other one, Cinemax? Hey, there, there ain't <laughs> nothing on Cinemax. I don't watch, yeah, I just, I don't, I haven't had cable in, I don't know, five years? I don't even know, yeah. I do yeah, kind of just... miss the HGTV, though. I used to watch that. That's, that is, that is something that uh, my wife and I especially will, will, we're on vacation. Sometimes we'll end up just like it's a rainy day and we'll end up putting yeah. on HGTV. And because we, we get it in the hotel room and you can just sit there watching rehab people buy or their whatever. Yep. Or, or buying <laughs> houses or it's true or rebuilding things and refurbishing. And yeah, I get sucked into those. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't have them at my own home. I don't have TV. Like I've got an Apple TV and I've got. Uh, BitTorrent, but I don't have like a cable plugged into my television that brings me shows that are being aired right now. Yeah, neither do I. Yeah, me either. And I, I guess I'm still in the minority with that, but it feels like I shouldn't be. Are you though? I, that would be a good poll to take to see how. I guess yeah, cable people. A lot of people still have cable and stuff. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, because you see, you know, every couple of months there's articles on the internet about, you know, are we ready to cut the cord? And usually the answer is not yet. So, yeah. Because there's yeah. still things that air on TV. I'm like, I, that's what BitTorrent is for. I don't know. I love waiting until things are accumulated enough to be on Netflix or Hulu or whatever. And you just knock out, you know, the binge watch trend, I guess it is. But I, I fall right into that category. I don't care if it's brand new so much. Because it doesn't really matter. Like, it really doesn't. It, it's the artificial scarcity of normal TV is sometimes can be a bit frustrating too, right? Where it's like, yeah, we're going to dole this out one a week and then take a break for three weeks for no apparent reason. Right. And then you're just stuck waiting. Like, I just want it now when it's convenient. So I'll just wait. I'll miss the entire season and wait until the whole season's done. And then I can watch them at my leisure. <laughs> leisure. Leisure. I make it a point. If it's a show that I... I've never seen don't care about, but will eventually want to watch. I don't care. I'll get to it because, uh, you could throw spoilers at me all day and I'm not going to remember what any of that means. Nothing's going to stick. But if it's a show that I know the characters, if I've seen a season of the show and then I hear a spoiler for the currency, it's going to ruin it for me. So if it's like once I've, once I'm invested in a show, I have to watch it week to week or somebody's going to ruin the show for me. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a, if you're a fan of game of Thrones, Right, because it's all over Twitter and it's all over. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was impressive last year, the big thing with the Red Wedding, that it wasn't, nobody let that out of the bag. But as soon as it happened, if you didn't watch it then, you're screwed because that's all anybody would talk about. That's a whole strange other thing too, though, uh, because it's a book that's been yeah. written for, it's sort of like when people are talking about like spoilers for The Hobbit or something. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, like wait, who doesn't re- know like, the story? This is this is pretty well established territory. I think if you haven't exposed yourself to it at this point, it's not really on the person doing the spoiling. To- well, yes and no. I mean, it's if it's new to you, it's new to you, and most people aren't going to read books; they're going to watch TV shows. But the book that that uh, the the Game of Thrones book that had the events that took place in this last week's episode. It came out in what two thousand? A fourteen-year-old book. Yeah, like I don't. At some point, it's kind of uh, like it's not but really. It's not, not really a secret. That that's not a cultural lexicon. This isn't Ghostbusters. It's not like everybody should know the story. This isn't I am your father. This is. Uh, it was a book. It was a, a nerd fantasy book that people liked, but it's not something that you would expect the average person on the street to know. It's true. I feel like it's 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 uh it's reasonable to assume that the average Game of Thrones viewer, not even average, the vast majority of Game of Thrones viewers have never read the books. I think that's a fair assumption. Do you, the interesting question is, do, how many of those people do you think know that a book exists? Ooh, that is a good question. That is a good question. Because I fall into that category. I never read the books, but I knew the book existed. And I was excited for them to hear that they'd made a show out of it, just because I knew, I knew from my friends who actually are are avid readers. Um, <laughs> oh, thank God, I don't have to read this. Things. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. So I, I was aware, but yeah, so I fall in that category of haven't read but aware. Hmm. It's a good question, you're not though. A, you're not. Are are you a reader? You know, I I read. I I do read. I do enjoy reading. Um, what I read, though, I. I Never been that into science fiction books, though, to be perfectly honest. There are good things out there, of course, but yeah, and I know this is the wrong audience to probably admit that uh, in front of, but it's true. I am not a big science fiction reader. Reading's always been tough for me because I'm a very slow reader, and so it's incredibly frustrating to, like, I, I enjoy reading, yeah. but it takes so long to get through a book that... 
it's, <laughs> I'm the same it, way. it's often like, it just, it just ends up being like not worth it. Or it's like, it's something that I do once or twice a year, like when I'm on vacation and I have nothing else to do, I can sit down and I can, you know, work my way through a book, but yeah, it takes so long otherwise that like, and I was, I mean, I've never read a book like the game, like game of Thrones, where if you look at these books on the, the shelf and it's like, they're, you know, 600 pages, 700 page books. Like, like it would, that's on the short end. It's like that, that would be, that, I, I, if I'd started in 2000, I would still be reading that book 14 years later. There's <laughs> no way that I would have gotten through it at this point. So that's, I've kind of rekindled my love for reading. So I, I was a, really avid reader like through high school i was mostly into rekindled yep really? re- uh, ha, 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 this, this this episode brought to you by <laughs> the nook totally unintentional <laughs> oh audible sponsored once um but <laughs> <laughs> i do like audiobooks uh but but no i took a kind of a break so when i i used to teach at university um classes in like management information systems and interface design and stuff like that and um, so everything I read had to do with was is is this a good book to recommend to my students to my classes? So it was all you know having to do with what I was what I was going to be teaching, whether it was management information systems, which can be some really boring books, um, to be perfectly honest, or if it was going to be an interface design. Just you know, is this a good experience design interface design book to recommend or use as class curriculum material, et cetera, et cetera? So it, and it kind of burned me out. I have to be honest uh it burned me out like i just i wasn't able to read what i really really wanted to read the kind of stuff that i really really wanted to read um and so i just kind of stopped then i had kids and then that whole thing and then finding time um to read and i don't know now my kids are older we read together we read you know my oldest is reading um all the harry potter books now and so it's cool i mean i don't know and i can enjoy books that i actually want to read again i don't i don't frequently pick up a book as my first course of action but when i watched game of thrones i went through the first three seasons in three days because i just sometimes i'll i'll find something i like and i just like dial in and i get obsessed yeah and of course i had to go i knew that there was more story in the books and i needed more story so i went and i read not all of the books but from the point in where the show where the third season ended i picked up there in the books that's which I kind of wish I hadn't done because now, like this last episode of the show, was uh, not as big a surprise to me, and I feel like I didn't get to enjoy it. Oh, you got to enjoy it the first time, though, didn't you? I got to enjoy it in a book, though. Who wants to read a book? 